Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Jude 3 Project Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I'm so excited because Courageous Conversations is back. We weren't able to have it last year because of COVID, but this year it is back with a vengeance. We are so excited for the seven amazing topics we have, Christianity and white supremacy, rediscovering early African Christianity, black religions and the next generation, slavery in the Bible, politics in the pulpit, truth and trauma, patriarchy in the church. We are squeezing a lot of courageous conversations this year in Washington, D.C., September 3rd and 4th at National Community Church. Listen, you don't want to miss it. Register today at CourageousCombos.org. Now, this is a hybrid conference. We have 250 in-person tickets available, and they are on the way to selling out. Um, So the next option would be the virtual pass. All of that is available at CourageousCombos.org. I'm so excited about it. We have amazing panelists. We have Dr. Christina Edmondson, Dr. Howard John Wesley, Dr. Esau McCauley, Dr. Eric Mason, Dr. Lisa Bowens, Dr. Otis Moss, Dr. Marvin McMickle, Dr. Vince Bantu, Dr. Jacqueline Rivers, Dr. Cheryl Sanders. It's going to be amazing. I would not miss it, whether in person or virtually. So get your tickets today at CourageousConvos.org. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to the Jew3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew3 Project. Well, thank you for watching another episode of the Jew3 Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew3 Project. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mrs. Erica Brown. Welcome, Erica. Hello. Hi, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, It's so funny how we connected recently and how (laughs) I've actually (laughs) been looking for your email for a year. So a little bit of backstory for our viewers. Some time ago, Erica sent me her resume and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, there's a a black woman that is focusing on archaeology. And I don't know what happened. Emails get sometimes displaced (laughs) in my folder because I have so so many of them. And then I was like, I'm going to hit her back. Um, But then uh, I lost track of that email. I don't know if I accidentally deleted it or what. And so for the last year, I've actually been searching for that email and could not find it. Fast forward to a couple weeks ago, Yana Connor, um, y'all know her. She's a part of Jude 3 and you see her all the time on videos. And she uh, uh, helped uh, write our curriculum. She uh, she's hit me up and she was like, hey, I'm in Dallas and I met this girl you would love her. She has a degree in archaeology, uh, and she's a black she's a black woman. Uh, she was like, "You definitely need to meet her." I was like, "I think that's probably the girl that sent me her resume, <laughs> so that I've been looking for." So you're here today. So glad that I, I found you. <laughs> yes, I'm glad we found each other. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So tell our audience just a little bit about who you are. Um, yeah, I am. Erica Brown, ER Brown, whichever variation. I am, um, I run what's called, just so you know, 
it's a uh, docu-series that we do about, it's, it's about exposing people to the archeology span of the Bible. I um, mean, it's just really something that I got into because um, I, when I started studying the Bible, I found that there's a lot of these cultural things that I didn't understand. And so I would read and look and I just wouldn't, I wasn't finding a lot of answers the way I needed to. And so I ended eventually found out that what I was trying to learn about was um, learning ancient culture. And the best way to learn about ancient culture is to study archaeology. Mm-hmm. And so I went down this rabbit hole of how to study archaeology, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, and I found out that this was a thing and that there were people and even better that there were believers that were teaching the archaeology Bible. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I've got to do this. And that's really just been my journey. And my husband was been cheering me on to do it. And that's that's really how simple it has been. That's that's awesome. For for our our, um for those who don't know, um, what what is archaeology? Okay. So usually when I share with people, I tell them in a nutshell, archaeology is studying like things from the past, digging them up, and now they're even doing underwater, but finding things from a long time ago to learn about the people who left these things from a long time ago. And most of the time people are familiar when we find like the Colosseum, these big fancy things, but it's so much more broad. It could be we found a brush or we found a piece of pottery. Mostly it's a lot more pottery than anything else, but that's really it is. It's studying things from a long time ago to learn about people from a long time ago. And in particular with the Bible, it's studying things that are related to the time or culture or region of the Bible. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. I think it's even more amazing that you're a black woman doing this. Uh, I know you probably don't see yourself a lot uh, in in this platform, in this space. Uh, how does it, how did it feel you entering this space as a black woman? Um, you know, it was mixed. Um, at first I was just so excited to be doing it and I was just like, yes, let's get out there. And so the more I started going to conferences and presenting papers or doing research, I was just like, oh, it's not, it's not that many of us doing this. Uh, honestly, I'll never forget. I was in class one time and my professor, uh, Dr. Ortiz he said something about one of his colleagues who was African-American. And I was just like, excuse me, what? I have never heard of such a person. (laughs) And that was the first time I heard of uh, Dr. Burr, Theodore Burr. um, And he's been doing this for 20, 30 years. And I was like, why don't we know about this? Like, what is happening? So, and then when I met him, uh, they had these um, archeological conferences that I go to every year. And it's so funny because I finally got to meet him. And then there's just like this unspoken because it was like three of us total. I'm not even kidding. It's just like three of us there. And it's that unsaid communication like, hey, I see you. You're not alone. You know. (laughs) So it was really cool. And I even met another young woman. And she's like, yeah, Dr. Bird told me you was here. And so (laughs) it's just... It's a very small circle. And and it's, it's even smaller because I think... I'm not sure, but I think I'm one of the only, even though there are black ones, I'm one of the only Christian black uh, archaeologists that's a act, you know, professing believer. Yeah, that's and that's something you shared with me when we talked um, a week a week or so ago that there are many different archaeologists that may, you know, do excavations and run run across Christian artifacts, but there are not really many of black. There, first of all, not many black 
archaeologists. Right. Not really any black Christian archaeologists. Right. Um, that's that's so cool that that you're occupying that space and God has called you for such a time as this. Um, yeah. When we think about archaeology, you 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 talk to me about some of the digs you've you've been on. Tell tell our audience about uh, some of the digs you've been on and what what did you find during those digs that you oh. think are interesting and relevant for for today's time. Um, unfortunately, I've only been on one. Uh, we were there for okay. a month. I was in Israel for a month. Because um, my journey is relatively short, so I've only had the opportunity. Then COVID happened, so I couldn't go on anymore for a little, a little bit. But um, I've been on one. We did the site Gezer, which is in Israel. And uh, it's actually an important site because it's one of the gifts that the Pharaoh gives King Solomon. But uh, Gezer is a really, really old site. So it's, just, it's not just with Solomon, uh, but it's a very old, important strategic site in Israel. So we were there for a month. Uh, my school, it, it, they've been digging there for 10 years. Mm. Um, and most of the time, us nerdy people, what we find, things that we find there. So we found like, um, you find different type of animal bones. Uh, we found like different uh remnants of the houses that were there and the types of houses and administrative buildings. And what that does is that just tells us the story of the community that was there during the period that we were looking at. And so that's usually, uh, most people don't realize that this is how like commentators get their information for background information for, oh, this is happening when, this is happening there. Mm -hmm. um, and what's really cool about Gezer is Gezer has one of the, they call them the Solomonic Gate. Uh, only because the gate dates to about that time. And we find these predominantly at the places where Solomon would have had rule or control over. So it's just different things like that. It doesn't sound as fancy um, to people until you kind of like explain to them why this random piece of pottery <laughs> is a big deal. Um, so, and that's, that's part of the journey is, I can tell you that we found pottery and bones and people are like, okay, what's that got to do with my salvation? But if I tell them that, this is this culture and this is what they're doing. And this is the things that they're dealing with. And God is moving in this period and this culture. Then you're like, oh, okay. I, I see the Bible. It makes it more relevant and it makes it more real. We connect with the people of the Bible when we know the culture in their life. And so that's really what we're doing. We're finding pottery. We're mostly, oh my gosh, it's so much more pottery than anything else, but we're finding different things like that. Yeah, that is, that is definitely cool. And I think helpful for people to know when we think about archaeology and how it has helped um, fortify and strengthen uh, your faith, what are some things that have been really helpful for you as you have um, been studying archaeology that you say, man, this helped strengthen my faith because I was able to connect the dots here? And how do you mm. think that those same things can help strengthen other, other people's faith? Oh my God, we only here for some a little bit of time, so I can only give you uh, a few of them. Um, and I'm actually going to do an episode about the uh, Ketef Hinnom amulets. Mm. Um, and I don't know if, if if you've heard of them, but the Ketef Hinnom amulets are these small amulets that archaeologists found back in the 70s. And what's so cool about it is that the Ketef Hinnom amulets predate the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they have a verse on them, a uh, number six. Verse 24, the, the uh, priestly benediction, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you. And so the, and these date to about the 6th or 7th century B.C. So, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, we have them, the earliest they may be is about, you know, the 1st uh, or 2nd century B.C. But now we have the 6th or 7th century B.C. And I was just like, this is awesome because 
in my research, a lot of times they're saying, no, the Bible is written later. These parts are written, especially the, the Pentateuch, the first five, they're written later and later. But if we have it where we have at least some peace, and I'm not saying it's like concrete proof or anything, but it was just like, hey, some portion of it, we have it here in physical that some portion of it is has been written before their time. They're saying that it wasn't. Um, so things like that. Um, I love, uh, and this may be a nerdy thing, um, in learning about ancient Israelite religion. And, I, and I, sometimes I have to preface because my emphasis is Old Testament. So a lot of my research is in the Old Testament. Um, ancient Israelite religion. And uh, one of the things that has impressed me is um, learning about ancient Near Eastern culture in general and how everybody's doing religion and how distinct uh, the God of Israel, Yahweh, is and what he does with this community. Like uh, everybody's got multiple gods. Everybody in this time has multiple gods. And so God is so radical. He comes along and says, no, there's just one. Don't make no images. Don't make no statues. Don't do any of these things. And so if you know the culture, it's like he's shaking the whole, he's so countercultural, which speaks to God's always been countercultural. We just, sometimes we're not paying attention. So it's, it's been little things like that or learning about the Exodus or uh, even for New Testament things. Uh, the, I don't know if there's a Pontius Pilate stone uh, for a long time, researchers that thought that he was fictitious or that he was made up or that the writers of the Bible got it wrong when well, they found a stone. And not only did it have Pontius Pilate, but it had his rank, which matches with what we have in the Bible. So it's just been little things like that. The Bible's been so accurate on the smallest details. Like It's just impressive. Like sometimes the Bible's accurate about things it doesn't have to be accurate about uh, that wouldn't make or break. And those have been the things that have strengthened my faith. And there have been, and I don't want to get twisted. There are hard things that we do in research, uh, but God is faithful. And like I said, the more I've researched, the more I learn, the more I experience just how amazing the Bible is in talking about this culture and representing this culture and how accurate it is and how detailed uh, the Bible is. It's just, it's been mind blowing and I'm thoroughly impressed with God all the time. <laughs> Not that he needs that from me, but it's just like, God, you're amazing. That That's awesome. And, I, you know, that what, what you're talking about goes hand in hand with apologetics because mm -hmm. these things are proof to help people know what they believe, why they believe right. it and and say, hey, no, this isn't just some made up story. This isn't fictitious. Right. We have archaeological evidence that that um, highlights the truth that the Bible Bible is sharing. Um, right. And I think that that is so, so. And a amazing. lot of times people don't know. It's been my experience that when I'm sharing these small things, they have no idea. Um, I was telling someone about, uh, you know, an exodus where uh, they're talking about the Pharaoh and they never say the Pharaoh's name. Um, but then when you get further on in the Kings, they say Pharaoh Necho or whoever, it just matches the time period. And that's from Egyptologists being able to match the data and say, oh, this is common pattern. Well, the Bible's following those patterns. Mm -hmm. So just those different, just collectively to me, I just, and I, my passion is to share people, to share that with those things, because I don't think, and I don't want them to think that this replaces faith. No, we start with faith. So like, I don't want people to think that you need archeology span to have faith in Christ. Cause no, I believe in Jesus Christ first and foremost, because the Bible doesn't stand on archaeology. But if we can strengthen our faith, it's like, I know my mom's my mom, 
But it's always cool when I saw my birth certificate or some document. It's just like, yes, she really, you know, not not that it just builds on those things. And that's what I that's what I hope to do with sharing um, the archaeology of the Bible with people. Mm -hmm. Now, you you go to different churches speaking on this subject. Um, Mm -hmm. What has been the reception um, as you're speaking on archaeology? And also, how do you make it practical for the everyday churchgoer? Um. Actually, those two questions go hand in hand. What I typically do is bring it down to earth because a lot of times we're reading the Bible post. We've seen the results. Right. And so if I can talk about what's happening in this culture and how archaeology teaches us what's going on in this culture, how think about how countercultural Yahweh is and what he's asking them to do and how challenging that may have been for the ancient Israelites. That brings it home to us when we have Christ who says, love your, not only love your family, but love your uh, your enemy. And it's just like, that is really, really countercultural. How do we do that? So most of the time, that's what I'm doing is I'm bringing it all the way down to look at this culture so that we can see how God is moving in this environment and how he can do those same things. God is consistent. He does that. And so that's usually what I do. Um, that's how I break it down of looking at the culture, uh, the culture of the Bible of whatever, um, text we're looking at and people people really get that because it makes them it makes it more real because I think sometimes we forget just how real the Bible is it's not uh, a fictitious or um, um, just you know like a fairy tale or uh, mythological type of document it's a these are real people with real life issues going through real things and God is moving very really (laughs) with them and people appreciate that I've had so many people say, thank you. I never, I never think about it like that, or I've never uh, dealt with it like that. So now I can appreciate the Bible more. I can trust the Bible more. Or, or I've had one guy um, at my job, he told me that <laughs> I, you've made me want to read my Bible more. And I was like, well, amen, brother, that, that works. So it's just mm-hmm. been these little nudges, these little pushes to help people uh, pursue God more, pursue God's word more, and to trust him more. That, that's awesome. Um, when, we, when we think about the resurrection and we think about the evidence for the resurrection, mm-hmm. what strong archaeological evidence helps lend credibility to the resurrection? Um, I, wouldn't, I don't know if there's any for the resurrection per se. The events of the uh, crucifixion and uh, Christ's death, I would say there's yeah. more so. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just like, I, that's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we all agree the tomb's empty. Everybody's got different arguments. But uh, what's really cool is I just uh, presented this at church a few weeks ago. The style of tomb that Jesus is buried in is only used for two, two, two periods. It's used uh, during the late King's period, right towards the end there. And then we don't see them again till about 100 B.C., and then they stop again about 100 AD. So it's a very, for Jesus, the burial to me, I think that's a very specific detail. Again, the Bible didn't have to be that accurate about, but we only see that those tomb, that tomb during the time of Christ and the late Kings. And so I think those types of details add so much credibility to the story because, you know, oftentimes the, re- the story of Christ's resurrection is challenged for, uh, 
whichever one they want to pick, whatever argument they want to pick. But everybody does agree that the tomb was empty. And it's cool that this tomb is from this time period. So those arguments that say that uh, the resurrection was uh, added, Christian uh, uh, detail added later. No, well, this just kind of takes away from that because this tomb doesn't, we don't see these types of tombs after this time. After yeah. the fall of the temple, after 70 AD, let me correct that. Yeah, after the uh, the fall, the temple is uh, taken down. We don't see it. That That's an awesome um, detail. I think that adds validity to us understanding the accuracy of scripture. Um, mm -hmm. You have a video series that you've, you've done on archaeology uh what is that all about what start what sparked that and how can people how can people see it oh yeah um so my video series is called just so you know and um what sparked it was when i was speaking at churches a lot of times i couldn't get to these small these different archaeological facts because i had to spend so much time explaining what archaeology was because especially in the black community it's just not something even heard of Right. And so I was like, I should make something so that when I speak at churches, I can at least have some people kind of following along. I can kind of prep them. Um, and another reason, another thing that sparked this was my goddaughter is very Twitter educated. So she always says, oh, my gosh, I saw this on Twitter. Is this true? Oh, my goodness. I read this on Twitter about Bible or Christianity. Is this true? And I was just like, one of the things was frustrating was there's never, ever a counter video to these videos mm -hmm. and so i was telling my husband people are learning on videos we need another perspective so i'm i can't force you to believe in christ but if they're going to have this data out here let me give you the opposite side so that you can make a better informed decision about uh believe faith in christ and what the bible says and what's in the bible and so uh that's what we set out to do um, we're just going to keep trying to make videos and and in the first couple of videos is just explaining archaeology and what we're trying to do. And so the videos to come, we're just going to explore different archaeological facts. Like I said, we're going to look at the Ketefi Gnome amulets. Um, another is the Megiddo Church or the Megiddo Prayer Hall. Um, and it's a very early pre-Constantine church that helps, gives us uh, one that they're uh, talking about the deity of Christ before Constantine and also to give us a picture of what the early church is gathering like. And so what I'm doing is just releasing those on YouTube um, and it's on my channel, ER Brown. Um, and that's how we're getting out. I'm, I'm gonna start rolling them out on Instagram, but for right now, they're just on our YouTube channel. Yeah, and I love the animation you added to that, which I think even brings it alive even more yeah. to see, see some of these things animated yeah. for the audience i think that's going to be really really crucial so i'm i'm thankful and thoroughly impressed at, at the videos that i've seen so far so shout out to you for doing that oh, um <laughs> as we think about different uh things in archaeology i know you can't share share all but i would love for our audience to hear a couple more uh before we end that that may resonate with them and may help them defend their faith um yeah yeah um um and i don't know how people how many people are with the dead sea scrolls um the dead sea scrolls are phenomenal because they were found in caves by a shepherd um and what the dead sea scrolls are they are fragments uh, they're more than just that but what's important about the dead sea scrolls is that they contain fragments of the old testament almost every of every book of the Old Testament except Esther, 
And even then researchers are thinking they may have found some of Esther and they found a complete Isaiah scroll, which dates to about 150 BC. That's a big deal because you know, Isaiah is where we draw a lot of the prophecy about Christ. So here we have something from before Christ talking about that. So I think that's an important archeological find. Um, I think another important one is the, um, like I said, I'm gonna talk about the Megiddo church or the Megiddo prayer hall. Um, a lot of times, especially here lately, they say that uh, claiming the deity of Christ was a post-Constantine thing where uh, not only do we have that in our church historians, but we have this here, it's a mosaic on the floor where it says uh, to uh, dedicate to Jesus Christ, our God, which we don't have anything before Constantine that says that, well, we have this with the Megiddo church there in Israel. And like I said, that dates to the third century, uh, the third century AD, but right before Constantine. And so that's a big deal because the deity of Christ has always been, as you know, it's been a controversial thing. Um, so I think that's important for people to know that something like that is out there where a group of believers are identifying Jesus as God. And even more, it's a Roman, it's in a Roman context. It's a, it's in a Roman soldier's village, like a barracks. So it's a civilian, like not a civilian, it's a secular, it's not even a Jewish context. It's a Roman context claiming Jesus as God and on the, in a mosaic on the floor. It's, and it's beautiful. It's really cool. Um, and so I just try to think of things, different things off the top of my head like that. Um, um, oh, there. One of my favorite is with the Exodus account. Uh, it's really cool that there are two quail migration patterns in that region. Two, and they go at diff, two different directions. And so the part of the Southern Sinai, when Moses, when we have that in the account where Moses is talking about that, it matches with the <laughs> the migration pattern. And I know that's like not a huge thing, but for me, I was like, how random to have that type of detail. Uh, yeah. text, you know, like quail patterns, and there's just two. There's just two migration pair, uh, uh, quail uh, migration patterns there in the Sinai region, and we have that. Oh, and even more. I'm sorry, but even more. There's the uh, there's a researcher. She studies um, water under plates, tectonic plates, and she right there on the break between Egypt and the Sinai region. The way the water falls down in the ground, it collects a lot of sulfur, and it makes the water bitter. And it's so cool because that's the same thing that we see when the Israelites, they got mad at Moses said, this water's bitter. That's the same region. So it's just like these, these little things like that. I think I'm impressed all the time. Like, okay, Jesus, yes. You know, <laughs> so it's just, those are just some things I can kind of think of off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I didn't couldn't think of more. So. Oh, no, that's great. I think that's fantastic for, for our audience to, who want to dig deeper into to some of the facts you're sharing and get deeper into archaeology? What's what are some books that you recommend, like some starter books for for archaeology 101? For archaeology 101, especially as it relates to uh, biblical culture, um, and and let me preface by saying that uh, they're a little challenging only because they are so data driven, which is, I think is great. Um, one of my favorite is on the reliability of the Old Testament uh, by uh, Kenneth Kitchen. Mm -hmm. And what's brilliant about Kitchen is he he is a believer. He is an Egyptologist or, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, and so him having that thorough knowledge of the data is, uh, it's awesome, um, but it can be 
data heavy. Uh, I wish there was more that would speak to the general public. Most of the time, these things are written for other archaeologists, which is another reason I'm trying to do this is because I want to bring this information to people, not just us other scholars, because it doesn't matter if I just know this and everyone doesn't know that. But um, on the reliability of the um, Old Testament by Kenneth Kitchen, um, and there's also the archaeology of the New Testament, and his name escapes me. The author, I could get that to you. I'm sorry, he's oh, drawing a blank. Uh, but the archaeology of New Testament, and it and it's just a really good survey of information of different research that's out there and what they're finding and how to discuss it. And what I like about it is they give you both arguments of uh, why scholars are saying this helps with biblical study or why some scholars are saying it doesn't. Because I think that's important too to know that uh, well, there's data out there and and scholars are going back and forth about it, you know. So, uh, but it's helpful to know that it's out there to be discussed and to look at and to know for ourselves. That's great. And I think that's helpful. How can people get in contact with you, Erica? Uh, what are your social media handles? Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram, inspired to live. Uh, it's my inspired, the number two live underscore is my Instagram. Um, and our YouTube channel is the ER Brown channel. And on Facebook as well, it's e.r.brown. And that's really where we're at right now. Um, and so you can message me or follow me on those those platforms. That's awesome, Erica. It's been a joy. I'm glad we finally connected. I, uh, I look forward to to collaborating with you soon. Um, and oh, doing yeah. Cool things with you of, of, around archaeology. And, oh, yeah. Um, I think it would be really helpful to our audience. I'm so excited to see a Black woman killing it in archaeology. And I know you're in a... <laughs> Uh, uh, a grueling PhD program uh, on this yes. subject. Yes. Um, taking yeah. your taking your education to the next level. So I'm excited to see see all the things that God does uh, through yeah. you um, and this work. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for uh, watching another episode of the Jude 3 Project podcast. As always, you can catch all our podcasts on our website or wherever your favorite podcasts are streamed or on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, remember, you can get our curriculum through Eyes of Color, take an online course, or even become a monthly financial partner, all at Jude3project.org. Here, remember, at the Jude 3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it. Until next time, grace and peace and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well so thank you so much for tuning in also remember we have our bible engagement app in partnership with back to the bible to help you get better engaged in the bible every single day you take a survey it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you bible verses based on those so it's a great app you can download the app by searching in your app store or google play searching g3 project and it'll be right there for you 
So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jew3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jew3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.